which smells better, fresh cut grass or brownies baking? Oh, brownies baking. Brownies, really? definitely. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Why? Um, when I think of fresh cut grass, I think of the first time I had to mow the lawn, <laughs> and it was not a good experience. Oh, so there's some trauma there. Yeah. Okay. And then brownies. I mean, you can't really go wrong with brownies, so. You really can't. Yeah. Okay. I would okay. say brownies, because I love brownies. I, I mean, you don't even have to bake them, and I'll just eat them. But yeah. also, like, grass, nature makes me sneeze, especially okay. fresh cut grass. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, just not trying to have that in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? I, uh, you know, I, I love a brownie, but I will say, uh, I will say I like the smell of fresh cut grass. I love to cut grass. I love being outside smelling. Now, it makes me sneeze. It's usually, it has a really bad effect on I me. Like but it smells bad. so good. Um, however, I've always been a little, I've always wanted to try one of those, uh, like fresh cut grass shots, like those little, what? like health drinks where you drink oh, just like the fresh that grass. That sound good. I don't even know. Is there like a smoothie place in Lebanon where they sell like that kind of stuff? Yeah, those veggie I mean, there smoothies. Is a like a healthy smoothie place? Okay. What's it called? Uh, green, oh, Greenhouse Cafe. Oh, oh, I bet you Greenhouse Cafe does yeah. have a they fresh could probably do that cut idea. grass shot. <laughs> Interesting. We'll have they to try have, some They have, like, time. a lot of good smoothies, and they're all really healthy. And then, like, I think they do, like, about that. Yeah. salads, maybe. I do love that re- that uh, yeah. restaurant. It's just the, the right secret sauce, you know? <clears throat> right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Prevention Nation. Where we believe that education and awareness can change the culture of violence. My name is Roy Lutz. And I'm Holly Smith. We have a guest with us today. We have Mia from Lebanon High School. Mia, what grade are you in? I'm in ninth grade. Uh, I'm a member of the Teen Alliance <laughs> Council, and I'm part of the Sexual Assault Awareness Month focus group. Woo-hoo! Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So in light of Sexual Assault Awareness Month, we have had a few guests already. Mia is our next guest up, and we are going to talk a little bit more about just kind of uh, – stories not necessarily a story that she has but stories around sexual assault um so while we were talking about this the topic of me too came up um hashtag me too so mia can you um tell us like okay me too kind of started i want to say in like 2016 so how do you feel like me too is still relating to like today's teens or like young adults or what do you think i think that um it started because there people were finally believing that they should have a voice and that because it started and it's a way for women or any sexual assault like survivors to um, to share what they have like have experienced so that other people don't have to go through it or or they are able to talk about it more freely so it doesn't happen as often. And I think the reason that it's still like relevant today is because it's not talked about enough to stop it, hmm. but it's talked about enough to so people know what it is. Yeah. And I think different political issues have caused it to, you know, like escalate. Yeah. And the reason that like it's still there is because sexual assault and rape still happens. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. We can't just like talk ourselves out of it. No, no, and I think I think you're right, Mia. That that these campaigns, these hashtag Me Too's and other uh, awareness campaigns, that's kind of what I think of these stories as more of a 
an awareness. Um, you're right, it hasn't ended, but I think it uh, doesn't stop it from occurring necessarily, but it makes, it helps people to understand they aren't alone, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it allows people to connect with other people who've gone through the same mm-hmm. or similar experiences so that um, they can start to recover and maybe reach out to someone so they can um, share their experiences to help get through it and make it easier to, you know, go through each day with yeah. like, triggers and things like that. Yeah, because when you see that hashtag, like, whether it's hashtag me too or something else where someone can relate to that, like maybe you saw it on, just scrolling on someone's page and you're like, oh, I had no idea that person mm-hmm. was dealing with that. Or, like, you could send them a DM and say, like, hey, I, I see you. Like, do you yeah. want to tell me your story? Yeah. And maybe you're the first person they've ever told, but they just wanted to use that hashtag to get some sort of release out. Yeah. It's so. opening, like, a platform of, you know, connections between people who have gone through horrible things that no one should have to go through, mm-hmm. and it's allowing them to tell their stories um, and connect with other people who've had similar things happen to them. Yeah. Well, do you think do you think um, sharing their stories, do you think this movement, this awareness movement, uh, how do you think the impact, or what do you think the impact is on victim blaming? I think... Um, Part of the whole Me Too movement is to step away from victim blaming. So I think mm-hmm. it is helping um, people realize that it doesn't just happen to people who wear short skirts or red lipstick. Um, it happens to, to like people who, you know, maybe they were wearing whatever they were wearing, and it doesn't, ha- it shouldn't have an effect on how people view that um, sexual assault. Yeah. And um, the fact that more people are talking about it allows more people to realize that, oh, maybe maybe it wasn't the victim's fault. Maybe we should be blaming the people who did it to them. Yeah. Because they most likely didn't just do it to one person. Yeah, and, it, and I think that's, I think you're so right, because when, before that movement, before people were open enough to share these stories, I mean, how many of us knew, and you mentioned earlier, Holly, that how many of us knew somebody personally that went through something? You know, I mean, I suppose we all probably did, but we didn't know that other people knew somebody like that. So yeah. I think it it felt very closed off. And and it makes that, I think when we aren't discussing and we, when we don't share these stories, it's easier to victim blame because mm-hmm. it might only be one situation or two that we're looking at. But when all of a sudden you have a multitude of people sharing stories, you start to see the pattern that this isn't, like you said, Mia, isn't what you were wearing, isn't whether or not you were uh, intoxicated or impaired from alcohol or drugs, wasn't any of these other things that we seem to want to blame victims for. It seems to be a perpetrator behavior that is the pattern, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think the reason, like, victim blaming, it goes beyond, like, other people blaming victims. It's victims blaming themselves. Oh, Mm -hmm. good point. And survivors thinking that it's their fault that something happened because no one's talking about it. If I hadn't gone jogging that time at night, if I hadn't taken that trail, what did that matter? Yeah, and being able to talk about it and learn to cope with it is a way for people to stop, survivors to stop blaming themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I love that perspective. I don't even know if we've touched on that at all. It's always been about other people blaming, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not at all. And that's not something necessarily... um, that you, like, get to talk about almost, like, an educational level because it's mm-hmm. not – you don't want to, like, re-traumatize people almost, yeah. like, make them tell their story or something. But if if it's on a small little platform that they feel like they are, like, bold enough and brave enough to say, like, yeah, I'm actually going to use that hashtag or I'm 
actually mm-hmm. going to speak out this one time and then it kind of opens up this I feel like we're kind of talking about this web that uh, not necessarily like the, the the social web what am I trying to say the worldwide web but it's like all these connections and it's like oh mm-hmm. that person from that school or that person on my you know track team or whatever it is yeah. like you just start to learn things about people and there are people behind the statistics. It's not just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this many people it happens to, that many people that yeah, do it or whatever, definitely. like their voices. And I think the fact that people who have a lot of influence on others that they're sharing. Yeah. Experiences mm-hmm. or sharing things that happen to other other victims, it's making it easier for other people to talk about because it's not going to really work if there's five people using it. It's going to help some yeah. people, but it's not going to help a lot. Once people realize that that wasn't my fault, mm-hmm. then they're able to be like, well, that happened a long time ago. But yeah. it's still relevant today because it's something that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something that I didn't cause. Yeah. And so they're able to look at it in a whole new light and without like blaming themselves. Yeah. Well, how do you think, uh, how do you think this is impacting... Um, youth your age how do you think this movement has changed things in your like uh, high school culture and um, I think the fact that it's just talked about like I'm sure like even recently that the word sexual assault it's it's kind of taboo it still sort of is mm-hmm. but it's less so mm-hmm. um, that we can talk amongst other people and it's not something like what is that you yeah. kind of know what it is. You might yeah. have to explain a little bit how it's different than certain things. Yeah, like sexual harassment versus yeah. sexual assault, things like that. But yeah, they, but like they get the gist of it. They're not like, oh, sexual what? Yeah, yeah. Like, and then victim blaming, like we've kind of started to move away from that. Mm-hmm. And it's showing in the youth, which really makes it like really much more hopeful for like the future because mm-hmm. once we realize it's not the victim's fault, it's whoever the perpetrator was, then in the future, it's... So you think, think us having this conversation is yeah, helping? Um, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, hope, right? Yeah, because um, the more it's talked about, the less, like, a perpetrator is going to be like, oh, I can do this and get away with it. Right, they know where the yeah. line is. Yeah. Absolutely. When you, when you teach them the line, they know where the line is. Yeah. And the more, like, scared they become of, like, oh, no, I'm going to go to jail for this. Mm-hmm. is like well guess i can't do it anymore yeah so and i think the re- the fact that like sort of starting it hasn't been super effective yet now but um the fact that like the like courts of law and like police officers hopefully like that they're seeing things not as the victim's fault mm-hmm. and they're yeah. seeing they're like it's the new light that's shed on it yeah mm-hmm. because of the me too movement because yeah they're realizing so many people are yeah. standing up and speaking out definitely yeah. yeah i agree and it kind of broadens the thing of like um who the victim can be when there's all these different types of people no matter mm-hmm. what sex or gender or whatever however you, people want to identify like it's not one person necessarily that it's mm-hmm. happening to it's not this like one specific type yeah. of yeah person that is out all the time and like does all these things and is drinking Mm -hmm. and blah blah blah. it's not that person every single time it's so many different people so it's like broadening the horizon of like oh it does happen to a lot of different people Mm -hmm. and it's obviously not one way of living or another that's gonna get that like yeah like yeah I'm reading a book in English class right now and it's about a missing woman and 
she was sexually assaulted because mm-hmm. and she was taken because she is African American. And I think more women of color or just people of color yeah. talking about it will help pe- like show people that because it's happening, it's continuing to happen to people who might not be, you know, noticed. Yeah, the marginalized community, yeah, yep. for sure. It, I mean, Which is where the hashtag Me Too movement started uh-huh. to yeah. begin with, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, well, oh, go ahead. Even, I was just going to say this isn't even, like, in books still. There was, did, I don't know if you saw the, the woman in, in England. I think she was in London. Oh, uh, Sarah Everend, I think. I don't know. How, yeah, I, I know her first name is Sarah. I don't know her yeah. last name. But, like, that happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it wasn't. It, it made the news, but there are so many others that aren't mentioned, that aren't mm-hmm. yeah. being heard, that, the, that has happened to Yeah, but. and the text me when you get home thing. That yeah. was another hashtag that came out of that. Wait, what was the hashtag? It was text me when you get home. Oh. How, like, a lot of women, when they, you know, go somewhere and yeah. with their friends, that's, yeah. like, what you say. And yeah, sometimes like, you, know you have, have yeah, and okay. sometimes you have, like, a secret code if, like, um, I'm not actually okay. I actually haven't heard that yet. Like, a why. whole culture around the language yeah. of safety in yeah. in a Which girl's life. And it yeah. just, but it just I like don't want people to hear that like even if that you don't you don't do that, you like forget to text somebody or you don't have the mace with you or you walk through the park mm-hmm. while you're texting or something, it's still not your fault, right? Like, yeah. No, definitely not. But <laughs> you but can it's, take all these safety precautions, which right. is great. I l- yeah. like be as safe as you can, people. And there is a lot of controversy around that whole uh, that risk reduction versus, you know, the the prevention or more just, you know, the victim blaming that whole concept. Mm-hmm. I mean, just around the fact that, you know, I lock my door just as a risk pre- risk reduction, you know, yeah. just at home, yeah. just in general. Don't want somebody wandering yeah, in and taking things. Like, put our seatbelts yeah. on. So we do that in so many other ways. So which is what I think is so important about, like, doing this podcast, doing some of the outer level community work that we're trying and we're moving in that area to do. Because I know as a kid, when I was a kid, I wasn't aware of any social services in my community. I, I wasn't really aware of much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that part of this part of this change and this movement to speak out, I think, really lends to the idea of mm-hmm. if we're understanding that there are more victims out there, then we have to understand that there's more services needed, right? They should be able to feel strong and empowered and able to report it and feel good that something... Like, they can do something to prevent it from happening to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about survivors reporting? Uh, like you said, uh, you know, it's it's not an uncommon tale for survivors to report and have their character challenged. Mm-hmm. I mean, it changes. It can impact their job, their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, like, serious consequences to challenging their character as opposed to, again, back to the original point, which is, it's not your fault. This is the yeah. perpetrator who chose to do this to mm-hmm. you, you know, so. Definitely, yeah. yeah, and family members, if, like, family members, if they're not, if they're still victim-blaming, then if their daughter or their son is going to court for something, they're, they might not be welcomed back into the family with open arms. Mm-hmm. Or they, like, if they have a boss or someone who is still with victim-blaming, they... They might not, you know, get the raise that they deserve. Mm-hmm. And they might be fired because they brought attention to it. Yeah. 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 Especially well, if it was in the company. Like, who knows? Yeah, or in the family. Intra-family. I mean, when you when you mentioned, you know, family, a lot of sexual assault victims are assaulted by people they know. Yeah. Um, 
this is actually an overwhelming uh, bit of data. I want to say that rain, I looked at it the other day, it was like 52% of people under the age of 18 were assaulted at or near their home. Yes. So, I mean, so, right? So, when you're talking about a victim and a perpetrator and then assigning some blame somewhere, I mean, what? How divide? How divided is that for a family yeah. when both the perpetrator and the victim are in the same home? What does that do to that family relation and dynamic? How, who do you believe? Yeah. How do you believe? I mean, yeah. I'm sure it, it just tears a family apart. Oh yeah, it absolutely does. It's just it's a hard thing to go through for anyone who has been either like who was the victim or who was accused of sexual assault. Um, but, like, if they're in the same family or if they're friends. Yeah. like Or dating or something, or, you know. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like, it's viewed differently. Yeah, just tears If they're apart. dating yeah. or if they're friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if they're dating and usually, friends yeah. and dating, families know each other. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very complex. I think the stat is uh, eight, maybe 83 or 84% of people who were assaulted know who their attacker was. Mm-hmm. Isn't so, that yeah. something? That's out of everyone who's reported, obviously. So it's, so it's probably, probably much more. Well, <laughs> yeah. Right? And but what does that do? Two-thirds. Yeah. And what does that do about the conversation about, you know, when we try to identify perpetrators' behaviors? Um, what does that mean? That means uh, what percentage of us, I mean, what percentage of our population are perpetrators and we know them? Why, why didn't I yeah. see yeah. this? Yeah, that exactly. probably goes to some of the self-blame. Why didn't I see this? How did I not know this? Mm-hmm. This person is in my home yeah, or in right. my family. Yeah, yeah, and I think because, like, the the survivors and the victims, I think because they're expected to recognize everything that their, the perpetrator has done, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons for self-blame. Yeah. Because they, because society is always like, well, you should have known, but... Yeah, why didn't you why, fight back? Like, yeah. you're mm-hmm. strong, young, whatever you are. Yeah. Strong lad, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... Sometimes Strong men, lad. Men get blamed like because they didn't fight back. Mm-hmm. It's like how Absolutely. can you let that happen to you? Yeah. Like, or if like all these dismissive yeah. excuses. Definitely. Or if it was like um, a woman who was a perpetrator, and it was maybe a man who. Yeah. Like, well, you you could have overpowered her, but yeah. that's not always. Yeah. How it is. Yeah. It's not always like in like immediately physical. Yeah. It could have been. I don't know. It could have been something completely different where you don't even know the situation. The yeah. emotional p- component of it yeah. is overwhelming and paralyzing for many, many victims. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's not just about strength. It's about coercion, manipulation, so yeah. much more than just mm-hmm. physical Power. strength. Yeah. So. Definitely. Well, I'll tell you, I think it's fantastic, Mia, that you're part of this conversation, that you're leading the conversation as a, as as a, a tech member and a school. freshman, right? Get what? it, girl. What a way to change to change their, uh, I guess, that culture in high yeah. school. Starting out as freshmen to change that culture. So yeah. we're so glad to have you on tap. We're so glad that you're part of our podcast, and so glad you're part of this conversation. So I think the world's gonna get better when with people like you. So yeah. thanks, Mia.